Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Habits. There are good habits and there are bad habits. And every day, there are things that we do and practice again and again and again. Some of those habits tend towards making our lives worse, bad eating habits, sin habits, things like that. Some of those habits tend towards making our lives better. Habit of staying in the word every day. Habit of exercising. But habit formation is a tough topic because what we know about habits is that they are both hard to shake when they're bad and hard to form new ones even though we want to. And so it's a tough nut to crack. And so in today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about the Christian approach to habit formation, or I might even call it the biblical approach to habit formation. You need to learn how to properly form God-honoring habits in your life if you want to live as a productive Christian. You need to both know how to get rid of bad habits and to gain and maintain good habits. Before we get into this topic of habits, though, I wanted to tell you about a big change that's coming to the podcast right now. Actually, this is the first episode of the new format. So yeah, I've switched things up a bit. Um, Up until this point, I did 81 episodes of the podcast, and we'll call that season zero, because it's always been kind of an episodic format each week, different topic, uh, different thing I treat and deal with it, move on to the next topic. And that's been fun. That's been great. But I've decided to change the podcast to a seasonal format. And let me tell you why that's going to make everything better and why I'm I'm just so excited about this new change. So why did I switch? Well, it's kind of hard to make a podcast every week, by the way. You know, it's not just hit and record. You got to edit, you got to plan, you've got to do a lot of different stuff. If you do a video version of it, which I do, that adds a whole layer of complexity on top of it. And a lot of times I was finding myself run up against, oh, I should do a podcast for this week and it's the day before or sometimes the day of, and I would churn something out and I wouldn't be happy with the result. Also, I have kind of always wanted to go a bit deeper on some topics. And as I've been talking and writing about the subject of Christian productivity for a number of years now, there is a lot I want to delve into And I think that the podcast format is a good place to do it. And I think a seasonal format is even better because I can basically take a theme and develop it over the course of several episodes so that in the end, there's kind of this nice packaged resource on a particular area of Christian productivity. I think that will better serve people in the long run you guys, the listeners. And in the short run, doing it seasonally like this allows me to pour in a lot more time on the front end, deep diving, you know, studying wise and reading the word and really meditating on how we should think about a topic of productivity. Instead of it just being a different thing every week, I can go really deep. And then from the fruit of that, come up with, you know, six, seven, eight episodes diving into different aspects of that. So I'm real excited about that. I think that uh, it's going to result in better quality episodes. The content should be better and the quality of production should be better as I kind of shoot and edit these um, in batches rather than just kind of 
hoping that each week I have enough time to do it. So anyway, that's a little behind the scenes. That's a little bit what you have to look forward to. But the first season, which begins now with this episode, is called The Essential Habits of a Productive Christian. So I figured, you know, if everything before this has been season zero, 81 episodes of season zero, why not start season one with the basics? What are the essential habits of a productive Christian? What is it that's unique about the way that we approach productivity as believers? And what are those practices that we want to be habitual in so that we can be more productive for God's glory and for um, making sure we're doing the best job at our work, in our homes, and all of that stuff. So in this season, we're going to look at several topics. We're going to look at a lot of different specific habits. Um, so we're going to look at some spiritual disciplines, right? So like prayer, Bible study, church membership. We're also going to look at other topics having to do with productivity and kind of a holistic approach to having a productive life as a believer. Uh, and that includes things like organization. You know, how do you stay on track with what you're doing? What are the basic things you need to do each week, each day to be a productive Christian? Make sure that you are maturing and that your output of work for God is staying on track. Sound good? I thought so. So listen, this first episode is just kind of going to be laying the groundwork generally. What is the Christian approach to habit formation? It'll be in the subsequent episodes that we deal with each of those different habits individually. So let's just dive right in. What is the Christian approach to habit formation? Well, I think it helps to start by kind of zooming out a little bit and thinking about what a habit is. What is a habit? Now, when people say habit, they tend to mean generally a, a uh, I was going to use habitual. You're not supposed to use the, uh, the word in the definition of the word, but generally they mean something that is a, a tendency or a regular practice or, or something like that, that you just do over and over and over again. Right. I mean, that's what a habit is. Uh, in the dictionary, it said a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that's hard to give up. And I think a lot of us think that way too. There's, there tends to be, when we say habit tends to be that we they are thinking more about bad habits, but there are also good habits, you know? Um, so it could be a bad habit, like an addiction, right? To like drugs or even just like a bad lifestyle choice, something that you keep doing, you know, like I'm addicted to these lime chips and it's not healthy. I love them. It's like these hint of lime chips. These are the off-brand ones. Not quite as good, but uh, it's not a healthy addiction. Um, I don't think I'm really addicted to them, but I do eat them too much. Anyway, look at me trying to justify that. Anyway, by the end of this season, I will have kicked my lime chip addiction. That's the challenge. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> So typically, you know, a habit, a lot of times we think of it as bad habits, but they're also good habits. You know, you, you can, um, do something every day that is good for you, you know, like take a vitamin or go for a run or something like that. Right. So habits can be good or bad. They're kind of like an automatic reaction to like a specific situation or stimuli. That's a way that people will talk about habits. It's kind of like you're on autopilot when X habit happens, you do Y and it's just, you don't really think about it. You know, like brushing your teeth is a good habit. And most of us don't think, I mean, it doesn't take any willpower. You just brush your teeth before bed because it's a habit. So I know you guys know what habits are, but I wanted to deal with kind of like broadly how people think about habits because the Bible doesn't use the word habit. It's not really a Christian term. I guess 
the Roman Catholics have their nuns that wear habits. Should I like in editing add a boom boom thing here? Would that be something that was going to be like a new factor of like the seasonal format that I'm gonna have sound effects when I tell jokes? We'll see later. <laughs> if you don't hear a boom boom, uh, just imagine it. So yeah. Um, anyway, habits. What? What? How does how is a Christian supposed to understand them? What is a habit? Like, is there a biblical category for it? If it doesn't use the word, well, obviously there's tons of stuff out there, um, books and things written from like a secular psychological uh, perspective, you know, that talk about habits. Like, there's a couple popular books. Um, and I'm not poo-pooing on these. I would recommend them. The Power of Habit is a good book. Atomic Habits by James Clear is another good book on habit formation. But they're they're like a from like a behaviorism type perspective. It's not they're not pretending that it's biblical, obviously. But how should Christians think about habits? And that's that's really what this episode is about. How should Christians think about habits? And I have a few points I want to make. I want to talk about the definition of habits. I want to talk about the mindset of habits, the identity of habits the power of habits and the practice of habits. Okay. So we have a few points to get through and I'm going to take my sweet time um, and make sure that we hit everything really good so that there's a lot of meat in this, in this episode for you. So how should Christians think about habits? Well, trying to come up with a biblical definition. We're talking about the definition of habits. Like I said, the Bible doesn't talk about the word habits. It doesn't say the word habits anywhere. But we do have phrases like practice or walk in, and it talks with language like that. Even in um, New Testament Greek, there's this like present tense participle thing that talks about like an ongoing habitual type thing. Like if you've ever done anything with Greek grammar, your your pastor shows off a lot and he quotes Greek in the pulpit. You maybe have heard that before. That's that's a lot in the in the commands and stuff that you see in the New Testament is that it's often alluding to doing something as a habitual practice, not as a one time thing. So it definitely the concept or what we would call habits definitely shows up in the Bible and definitely shows up in what a Christian's supposed to be doing. There are things that we're supposed to be doing habitually. Likewise, there are things we're not supposed to be doing habitually, like sinning, for example. <laughs> and so, yeah, God does desire for believers to walk in a habitual obedience to him. So daily practicing those things, which tend towards their own spiritual maturity, uh, producing good fruit in your life for God's glory. Um, and he doesn't walk, want us walking in a pattern of sin or practices which do not tend towards our maturity. I think you could say, and you could say this fairly, even though the word habits not in the Bible, I think you can say that God wants Christians to practice good habits and not practice bad habits. Okay, that should be obvious, but why not belabor the point? So for the Christian, good habits are, this is, this is kind of my definition, all right? For Christians, here's how we would define it. Good habits are those repeated practices which tend towards our obedience and spiritual maturity. So two things, it's those, it's those repeated practices that tend towards two things, our obedience and our spiritual maturity. And I say obedience and maturity and kind of treat them separately because they are related, obviously, but that encompasses the actual practice of, you know, not sinning and doing righteous acts, right? But it also includes those habits of things that help us become more mature 
and put off the things that keep us in a state of arrested development spiritually. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, I don't, it's not a sin not to read your Bible every day. I mean, it's not commanded in the Bible for you to read your Bible every day, you know, but that's a good habit for spiritual maturity because you need to expose your mind to the word of God so that your mind will be renewed and transformed and you'll be changed by it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that we should make a habit of those things that help us to mature as believers, even if those, the things themselves are not, um, a matter of, uh, you know, in a discreet sin or act of obedience itself. Does, does that make sense? Obedience would be like, don't, um, you need to stop looking at pornography. You need to stop lusting, right? There's an example of obedience. I need to stop doing that. And I need to start doing a righteous thing, you know, that has been commanded by God, right? Versus practicing something that's going to help you mature as a believer. Um, and likewise, there's things that are unsinful that can be bad habits because they don't help us to grow as believers or they leave us in a state of arrested development or they present to us temptation. So I think a lot of times our media consumption, right? Like watching a ton of Netflix each night, there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but is that helping you to mature as a believer? Is that exposing you to opportunities to sin that you wouldn't otherwise have? Right. So that's, that's kind of why I divide those up. And I, and I think that a, if you're listening to this, you're, you're a Christian who wants to be productive for God's glory. You want to, you want to uh, lead a life that brings God the most honor. You want to be a good steward of the time you have on earth. And so you should be interested in both of those things, not just walking the line and uh, trying to not do overt sins, but also deliberately putting yourself uh, into a position, putting yourself into patterns that are going to help you to mature and produce even more fruit for God's glory. So when I talk about habits, I talk about both of those things, obedience and maturity. So that's, that's kind of our definition of habits. I'll say it one more time. For the Christian, good habits are those repeated practices that tend toward our obedience and spiritual maturity. And I think that a lot of what we're going to talk about in the coming episodes in the next few weeks are going to be those that tend towards our maturity. Uh, I would expect that a lot of you who are listening to this kind of know, like, you know, as a Christian, like, you shouldn't be walking in patterns of sin. Um, if you are, like, that should be repented of. There's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, so that not only can you can be cleansed from that, but he, he enables you through his power to overcome sin and to not continually walk in those patterns of sinfulness. So, uh, but what I, I want to really put the emphasis on uh, that whole thing of becoming someone who is mature, doing those things that are going to make you mature in your faith. Okay, so that's the definition of habits. Now let's talk about the mindset and let's try to get this uh, fixed in our heads. Why do we want to develop good habits? Why do we want to develop good habits? You know, some people, we want to do self-improvement just for our self's sake, but that's selfishness, self, self, self. You know what I mean? Like you, you might, uh, you might even be listening to this program and you think, okay, oh, here's something, here's a Christian showing me how I can be more productive with my life. But the thing you're trying to do is you're like, well, I want to make more, more money. And there's nothing wrong with making more money as such. 
Um, but you may say, oh, I want to, you know, get my, um, get myself in better shape, or I just want to, I don't know, you want to be more productive at your job or with, with your business or whatever you're doing, right? But there is a mindset that comes along with a Christian's approach to habits. And really, maybe even a better way to put it is there's a goal. And the goal of being a productive Christian, the goal of developing good habits in your life is quite simple. It's the glory of God. It's a glory of God. If you've been listening for a while, you know that's kind of the theme of all of this. It's the whole reason we want to be productive. It's the whole reason we want to hop out of bed in the morning. It's the whole reason that that we do what we do in this life. Uh, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Doesn't matter if it's if you're working in in your home, serving your family, if you're a student in your in your schoolwork, if you have a job in how you work, whatever it is, our aim is to do it for the glory of God. And so the mindset behind why a Christian wants to develop good habits aren't just so that you can be healthier, you know, like healthy eating habits, like me getting rid of these lime chips. Um, It's not just so that you can uh, be healthier for your own sake. It's because by being healthier, you have more energy to serve God. By being healthier, you're being a, a better steward of the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is your body. And, and all of that is, is towards a higher purpose, which is the honor and the glory of God who so richly deserves our whole lives as a, as a living sacrifice. Okay, so that's the mindset behind it. And I said a couple weeks ago, um, a good episode, if, if you are new to the podcast, would be Christian Productivity 101. I think it's episode 80. And in that, I said that Christian Productivity 101, so the beginning, you know, the introductory course, is Romans 12, 1 and 2, where we're to offer our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that's where it starts. I want to be as useful and as fruitful of a servant to God as I'm most possibly can. Why? Because I am so thankful for the sacrifice he has given in sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to stand in my place, to to die for my sin, to uh, to live that righteous life I couldn't live, and that God has even chosen to, to, to include me, to invite me into his family so that I could put my faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in him, be reconciled to God, and have an internal inheritance with him. And so in light, it says this, I, I mentioned this in episode 80, that's what Romans 12, 1 starts with is is, you know, in view of the mercies of God, looking at what God has done, what is your reasonable service? What is your spiritual worship? Give him everything. That's Christian productivity 101. And so out of that comes this mindset. You think, okay, and I could have called this um, episode, I guess, Christian productivity 102. All right, I want to be a living sacrifice. How do I do that? Okay, here's how you do it. Let's figure out how we develop God-honoring habits so that we are putting off the things which displease God, putting on the things which please him, so that we are continually placing ourselves in the path of God's grace, that by his power we are doing things that make us more mature, make us more productive, that prune us for better productivity for his glory. In short, we want to develop good habits because we want to please God. 
And I think even, you know, with that Romans 12, one and two thing, like how, how are you transformed in your mind? What, how do you get this mindset of, of, you know, Christian habits? Well, you get it primarily by having your mind exposed to the word of God, which is what we talked about, you know, listening to him in his word, hearing it proclaimed in uh, your church and meditating on it throughout the day and the weeks. That is how your mind is changed. Because transformation happens because that, that's what God's word does to us. It starts in the mind. He changes our way of thinking and then our behavior and our actions follow. So I want to cultivate habits that repeatedly expose me to the word of God so that I am more and more being transformed by that word. And then from that, I see my behavior change. And that's, that's how you do it in a way to, that honors God. And that's the way he set it up to work. In what way exactly is our mind to be changed about habits? Well, this brings us to the next point. We have talked about so far the definition of habits. We've just talked about the mindset of habits. And third, let's talk about the identity of habits. So, like I said, the transformation that happens is of our minds, but specifically it's of our identity and what, what we see ourselves as. The fact is that if you are a Christian, you have a new identity already. Okay. The, it says second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new things have come. I think sometimes we can get frustrated that our habits haven't changed, especially if you, you know, you're, you're fighting some habitual sin in your life. You keep stumbling into it and you're, you're repenting, you're confessing to God, but it just keeps happening. And you think, ah, I haven't changed. I haven't changed here. Here's what the, what the Bible says about if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are a new creature. You're a new creation. You are, that is a fact about you. It is a present reality. The difference is we often don't live as though that new reality is true. We don't consider as though it were true. Romans chapter six, verses 11 through 13 say this. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Consider it, reckon it to be so. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. That's verse 12. See how those follow each other? You must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You have to reckon that to be true. You have to accept it. You have to believe that it's true, that you have been transformed. Then let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. So don't indulge in these bad, call them bad habits, but specifically here you're talking about sin, which is worse than a bad habit. It's the worst kind of habit. And verse 13, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. I mean, hear that contrast between bad habits and good habits. My daily, my presenting my members, presenting my, my body, my mind, my facilities, my, uh, my money, my, my energy, am I presenting those things to sin? And saying, here, use me, sin, as it were, to do these bad things which are displeasing to God. Or am I presenting myself to God 
as a living sacrifice and my members as servants of righteousness for God's sake. But all of that is downstream. The, the habit, the actual practice, the day in, day out of that is downstream from the mindset. It's downstream from identity. It's downstream from you reckoning yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Starts with the mindset, and the mindset is, who am I? I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. Sin can no longer reign in my mortal body. Christ has been victorious over sin and death. I don't have to walk in these things anymore. Start to the mindset. Start to the mindset. And you know what's so funny? Um, I mentioned a couple of, of uh, books on habits. One of them is Atomic Habits by James Clear, which again, it's a good book. But what's so funny is these books that are kind of like, basically they're trying to unravel how do habits work? How do we change them? That kind of stuff. What's so funny is they recognize things just from observation about how they see habits working and changing in people that the Bible already talks about. Like it's been there. It's been explained like 2000 years ago in the Bible. And these people are like presenting it. Like, look what we've discovered from all our research. It's like, yeah, you discovered what, what God told us. So, I mean, that's cool. You found it. But I mean, what they're doing is the same thing that, that anybody, you know, you might not be a believing scientist, but when you observe creation, you can observe universal realities at play. And so I think what's happened a lot of times with these guys who have looked into the kind of the psychology of it is they've observed universal realities about habits that are true. So here's James Clear writing in his book, Atomic Habits. The key to building lasting habits is focusing on creating a new identity first. Huh. Well, James, you're exactly right. Here he goes on. Your current behaviors are simply a reflection of your current identity. What you do now is a mirror image of the type of person you believe that you are, either consciously or subconsciously. Reckon yourself dead to sin. Isn't that funny? I mean, this guy just, just wrote that, but it's it's very similar to what we read about in the Bible. You have to assume the identity of a saint. And here's the thing. Here's the big difference on this front with identity. What the, 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 they'll tell you about habits. People that, that don't, that aren't talking about it in view of the Bible is they'll tell you, yeah, you have to take on this identity first. And so an example would be like, say you want to become a, uh, a cellist, someone who plays the cello. You can tell yourself, you know, in the mirror every day, I am yo-yo ma. Or, I mean, say, I'm a world-class cellist. I'm a world-class cellist. I'm a world-class cellist. And you kind of convince yourself, yeah. And since I'm a world-class cellist, what would a world-class cellist do? Oh, well, a world-class cellist would practice the cello today. It's hard to say the word cello over and over again. Cellist, cellist. Anyway, the, <laughs> but what is that? I mean, it's sort of like a fake it till you make it approach, right? But here's like a critical difference between this and what the Bible talks about. You're not faking it. When you reckon yourselves dead to sin, when you reckon that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, you are not faking it. When you reckon that sin now no longer has power over me to make me obey its lust, I can, I can fight sin. I can put off bad habits. When you do that, you are not pretending. You are actually by faith acknowledging 
present spiritual reality and living into that. That's totally different, right? Totally different. I'm not saying that all bad habits are sin, but I think a lot of the the same principles apply, whether it's a habit that's overtly sinful or one that just kind of isn't useful that you want to get rid of. A lot of it still comes from this thing of identity. And it's asking yourself, what would a Christian do? <laughs> Almost like the, what would Jesus do bracelets? But it's, it's, it's more than that. It's not so, it's not so simplistic as that. It's who am I? If I'm really that, and I believe it because God's told me that's what I am. What should I do in this situation? Total shift in mindset, total shift in identity will result in a total shift in behavior. I like the way that Doug Wilson talks about this whole idea of like putting off bad habits, putting on new ones and how it relates to identity. He calls it a process of facial reconstruction, right? Like you're getting your, your face off, not like the movie, but like, uh, you're, you're changing your identity. I like that. It's, it's facial reconstruction. That's funny. So your identity is that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus created for good works, right? That's what Ephesians 2.10. Now, knowing that that's true, believing that that's true, let us habitually walk in those good works and habitually walk in those practices, which tend to transform us and mature us and grow us into the type of people who walk in more and more of those good works. Are you following me? Do you see how critical this is? Do you see how important it is to develop good habits as a Christian? One of the reasons I do this podcast and I, I do Redeeming Productivity is because I believe that Christians need tools. I think that we often know what the right things are that we're supposed to be doing, but we just need practical strategies for to, to do them. And what I'm trying to do is go for, show you the theological backing for what I want to tell you, and then we're going to develop into... The really practical stuff. How do you develop these habits? How do you make them habitual so that you're actually doing them? So that you're doing that which pleases God, not doing that which doesn't please God. And day by day, becoming more and more the type of person that you ought to be. More and more into the image of Christ. That sounds good to you. Keep listening because we have a couple more points to make. And then uh, I'm going to leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger. Oh man, that's a spoiler. You're not supposed to tell people you're going to leave them on a cliffhanger. You just do it and then... You know, the thing comes up and says, tune in next week to see what happens to our hero. I drank a lot of coffee this morning, folks. All right, so here we go. Uh, we have so far talked about in this Christian approach to habit formation, we've talked about a definition of habits, a mindset of habits, and we've just talked about the identity of habits. But there's a couple more points I want to make before I let you go. And the next one is the power of habits. Now, ironically, that is the title of one of the books I mentioned um, earlier in the show. It's a, it's a secular book on habit formation, kind of breaking the loop of how habits work and putting, putting good habits in place of old habits. It's very interesting. And again, it's a good book. It is a worthwhile read. But, sorry if that sounded gross. That was a sip of coffee. <laughs> um, but, I remember when I first read the book, Power of Habits, my buddy Joey, who is also a listener to this podcast. Hey, Joey, how are you doing? He uh, texted me and he said, there's no power in the power of habits. (laughs) 
And I love that because what he was saying is the power of habit, this book, which is telling you how, you know, why habits are good and how you can change them. There really was no power. And what we talked more about is essentially what the book talks about. And most um, modern books on habit formation talk about is something again, which is in the Bible, uh, which is the put off, put on principle, which we'll talk about in just a second here. But I say that doesn't have power because it's not just something you do. It's habits. Obviously, you can hate, change habits if you're not a Christian. People do it all the time. People develop. But what most honors God for a, for a believer is when our habits and our practices change in his power. So not only do we have an advantage over the unbeliever in that we can, uh, that God actually empowers us to change, but also when we change according to God's power, he gets more glory. You know, it's a double, uh, double whammy. One, you change in a positive way that brings more God's glory. And two, you did it according to his power so that you can't boast in it and say, look, well, yeah, I just was a very disciplined person and blah, 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 blah. Now you can't say that. All you can say is God did it. He gets the glory. That's really cool. And so the power to change habits is supplied by God. And I want to make that explicitly clear because we're going to talk about techniques. We're going to talk about practice. We're going to talk about actual what you do day by day. But you got to remember that all of this is stuff that God's doing. He's the one changing you. He is the one who supplies the power. So it is true. God has given us the power to obey him and to grow and mature. And he's given us the power to practice habits, which tend towards that obedience and that maturity. He's given us all that we need for life and godliness. It says that in the Bible. Um, and so we have to remember that, especially as we're looking at different ways of trying to be more productive with our lives, trying to form these habits, and we're looking at people's advice and what we should do. Yes, there are techniques you can practice, but you have to always remember that you want to be doing it in God's power. And whatever change does come, God gets the glory, not you. Philippians 4.13. This is not just a passage to be abused by professional athletes. <laughs> This is the one that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And people are like, I can fly. Well, I don't know that people really say that, but people will just say that it's like this catch-all verse to say like, I can do anything because God strengthened me. So I can punch through that wall if I need to, you know, I can, I can race Elon Musk to the moon. I don't even need a spaceship. I just powered by God boosters. That's not, the verse isn't this catch-all thing. You can just yank a verse out of context and say that it means everything all the time. No, th what's it talking about? I can do all things through Christ who fingers me. It's talking about your ability to fight sin, your ability to grow, your ability to serve God. You are not uh, trapped by your habits. You might feel trapped, but there is a way out. You are not stuck. It's not that you cannot grow. You cannot mature. If you feel like you're a place in your Christian life where you're like, I'm stagnating. I've been, I feel like I haven't matured for five years. I feel like I'm in the same place I was back then. Maybe we feel it in the rest of our lives too. Maybe that's why you're listening to a podcast on uh, productivity is you're like, I want to grow. I need to get out of this rut. Well, you have to remember that this verse, even though it is abused by people oftentimes, is true. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And what is this? This is the work of the Holy Spirit. But God's spirit who dwells every believer in Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 9, if you want to look it up, 
he does use our own efforts. So the activity of your growth as a Christian, the activity of your putting away bad habits, developing good ones, is something that is done in concert with the Spirit. Once again, it is God who really does it all, but it doesn't mean you can just sit back and expect it to happen. Uh, I, I shared in my newsletter, I think this last week or maybe it was the week before, an article that said um, spiritual maturity doesn't come just through time or something like that. Age doesn't mean spiritual maturity. What, their, their point basically, I don't remember what the title was, but their point was basically like just because you've been a Christian for five years, 10 years, 25 years, whatever, doesn't mean that you are necessarily more mature. Of course, you know, there's you're growing as a believer. You should all be, if you're a true believer, you should always be growing. But their point was, it's not just like this automatic escalator. It does require you to put yourself in the way of the means of grace that God has provided so that you do mature and you do grow. But once again, this is God's work in you. Um, in fact, let me just read what the Bible says, Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, this is such a critical verse to understand, uh, just about sanctification in general, spiritual maturity. We will, it means we, we choose, uh, and we work for God's good pleasure. So what do I do? I choose to work for God and I do work for God. But who is it that's doing it? It's God working in me. And why does it say that? Because you can't boast about it. You can't brag. Um, that even if you, you know, get your life all in order, you get all your habits on track, you got nothing to boast in. Because it was God who worked in you to choose to do that and to actually carry it through. It's a beautiful thing. God gets all the glory. But we do have to do stuff, okay? Um, Colossians 1.29, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. And there it is again. I struggle, but it's with God's energy that he powerfully works within me. So we do work, but we recognize that it's God who empowers that work. And that's going to be critical to understand as we work on and talk about forming new habits, getting rid of old ones. It does require effort on our part, but all the while we have to recognize it's God who's doing it. Jerry Bridges, who if you haven't read Jerry Bridges before, pick up any of his books. He's a great uh, Christian author, very easy to read, very solid. Jerry Bridges puts it this way. He says, we cannot accomplish anything in either Christian growth or Christian ministry apart from the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us and his blessing on our efforts to make them effective. You got to remember that all the time. So I'll tell you this, if, if you're developing, if you're, you're taking action, you're, you're taking responsibility, mature as a believer, you are going to be tempted to boast in that because you're going to look at people around you and some of your friends that are maybe stagnating like you have been and say, well, look, I mean, they're not doing the stuff I'm doing. Maybe they're not, and they are responsible to do those things, but you got nothing to brag about. Just like you have nothing to brag about in your own salvation. God is the one doing it all, but you still do have to take responsibility to make the decisions and do them. Okay. So hold those things together. Now, finally, before we close, let's talk about the practice of habits, the practice of habits. How exactly do we strive by God's power to form new habits? Well, this is what I kind of alluded to earlier, that put off and put on principle you see in the Bible. God doesn't call us to simply stop doing bad habits, but to actually replace them with good ones. This is absolutely critical to understand. 
And here's the passage that comes from Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24. In fact, if you if you want something to read and to memorize and to really chew on, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 will uh, give you a lifetime of meat to chew on about how you mature as a believer. Here's what it says. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Did you catch that? Put off your old self, put on the new self. There's that whole identity thing too, right? You have to put away who you were and put on who you are in Christ Jesus after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's who you are. And so you have to put that on. And there's a command. We have to put off the old self. We have to disassociate with our old identity and our former manner of life. And, and this is why we shouldn't say things like, I am an addict, or I'm lazy, or I'm a quitter, or I'm this, this, and this. Those are phrases of identity. And I'm not saying like something mystical about that or even like, I should do an episode on daily affirmations one of these days because this always comes up because there's a lot of these people that will tell you, you just need to tell yourself, I'm this, I'm this, and and don't do negative self-talk. It's true, but it's not like the secret law of attraction type things, okay? So I don't know. I hope you guys know where I'm coming from on that because I'm not about that. But it is true that you shouldn't identify with your old self. You shouldn't identify with things that characterized you as a, um, as a sinner. The practice of habits is not, though, it's not just removing bad habits, it's adding new ones. It's replacing bad habits with good habits. You see examples of this in Matthew 6, uh, where there were those who were hung up on the, this habit of pridefully protecting their reputation instead of focusing on God's glory. And so they needed to what? They, Jesus said they needed to put off their pride and put on humility, right? They replaced the bad thing with a good thing. Or those who were hung up on uh, financial gain and, and love of money, they needed to put off greed and put on generosity, and jumping back over to Ephesians 4, later in the chapter, it talks about specifics of putting off and putting on. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but work so that he can give, right? Don't steal. Don't just not steal. Become generous. Uh, if you struggle with the bad habit of foul language, it says, don't don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Okay, so that's like the verse about like, don't, don't have bad speech that tears down. But what do you do instead? Not, don't just not do it, replace it with uplifting talk, that which edifies and builds others up instead of tearing them down, right? You replace it. And also, instead of being bitter, jealous, and angry toward other people, it says, instead, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. See? It's not just removing, it's replacing. It's a new identity. It's not being those old things. It's being who you are in Christ. And the fact is that it is very true that habits are hard to break, bad ones, and it's hard to start new habits. But when we build habits God's way in his power and according to our new identity, it is not only possible that we will lock in new and better habits and kick the old ones, 
It's inevitable. And this is what's so exciting about the Christian approach to habit formation is it works. It's not like a New Year's resolution where you're crossing your fingers that hopefully I stick with it this time. If you have the right mindset, if you if you believe the right identity and in and you get all these things in order, you will change. It is inevitable. And the wonderful thing is God has given you the power to do it and he wants you to do it. He wants you to grow. When you align yourself with the will of God for your life, which is your sanctification, which is growing and maturing as a believer, God will help you to do it. That's what he wants. And we will see that our behavior will transform in accordance with the inner transformation that God works in us. We're going to be talking over, I think, probably the next seven episodes, could be less, could be more, about the content of habits. We're going to be talking specifically about the essential habits of a productive Christian and how we cultivate each one of those. And we're going to look at those habits which can help us obey God and become the type of people that he wants us to be. And we're going to look at those which those habits are going to help us to be more, more productive in general so that we can lead lives that, uh, that are pleasing to God in all areas. You know, I believe in... Uh, <laughs> I hesitate to call it this. There's probably someone else who's already has this term, but holistic Christianity, like uh, we, we should be growing spiritually, but that should in, infect and affect every other area of our life, our work, our our ability to be organized, our um, the quality of what we do and whatever we build, whether it's a business or, or a happy, healthy home. All of that should be an outgrowth of the transforming power of the gospel taking root in our lives and working itself out through the renewing of our mind and the obedience of our actions. Okay, so I'm excited to dig in to this with you. I, I think habits are so crucial and they're such an important part of productivity in general that it's going to be fun to do a deep dive on this for this whole season. So hope you stick with me through the whole thing. Once again, this season is called The Essential Habits of the Productive Christian. And uh, if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe so you can hang out with us for the whole season and uh, tell a friend. If you enjoy this, if you're excited about this topic, tell somebody else about it and share it. But I will see you in the next episode in which we're going to be talking about the habit of prayer. So stick around for that. And until I do see you, remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. Who you become a year from now will in large measure be a result of the habits you practice today. If you want to grow spiritually in your personal productivity and in all of life, you need to be practicing the habits that actually lead to that kind of growth. The problem I've discovered though, is even though we all know that's true, few of us actually make a plan that guarantees that those habits happen every day. Hi, my name is Reagan Rose. I'm the creator of Redeeming Productivity, which is a ministry dedicated to approaching personal productivity from a biblical worldview. The truth is becoming more productive, more disciplined, and more consistent isn't actually that hard. It's just that we need a plan for how to get there. The trick I've learned is that we really just need to get one habit right. And if we can get this one habit right, everything else begins to fall in line behind it. And I'm talking about a morning routine. 
A morning routine is simply a time where you get up earlier than you normally would so you can't be distracted and you go through a few simple habits. Things like reading your Bible, spending time in prayer each day, exercise, and other self-development, self-growth type activities so that you guarantee you're making progress every day on the things that really matter. And it really is that simple. But I think the reason a lot of people don't do this very obvious thing is again, we don't have a plan. And that's why I developed Power Mornings. Power Mornings is an online course that takes you by the digital hand and guides you through the process step-by-step step, of how to make a Christ-honoring morning routine that actually works and that you'll actually stick with. In Power Mornings, you get video instruction from me as well as a workbook which will guide you through the process of coming up with a Christ-honoring morning routine that doesn't sacrifice sleep, includes a time for studying the Bible each morning, plan for how to pray every day, exercise, and even the basics for how to take five minutes each morning to plan the day ahead. The result of all this is you are going to have the habits in place that are going to keep you on track to becoming more and more the person that God wants you to be. You're going to have a greater sense of peace in your life because you're going to be walking with the Lord each day and you're going to be staying on top of your commitments. So if you're feeling stuck or you just want to supercharge your growth, check out Power Mornings. It's the morning routine for productive Christians.